Welcome to the Illuminated Path Podcast. I'm your host, Liv, founder of Eno Wellness Collective. My wellness journey started with yoga, which led me down the path of exploring healing modalities like meditation, breath work, sound healing, mindset work, and so much more. This exploration inspired my mission to help others find what lights them up. Get comfortable and curious as we learn from experts, teachers, and creators who are lighting up their communities and living an inspired, expansive life. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Illuminated Path podcast. It's been two weeks since our launch, and I am so overwhelmed by all of the amazing response that has come from the launch. I received so many messages, so many DMs, emails, all different channels of people sharing that not only were they listening, but how they were connecting to the story, the story of my solo episode, the story of Rosie, the story of Sean. And I was so blown away. I didn't really expect that type of response from the podcast. You know, you put all this work into it. You release it, but you never know like who's going to listen and who beyond just listening is going to reach out and share how they connected to it and how it maybe inspired them in a different way. And so I wanted to start off today's episode just by sharing that. If you listened, if you reached out, I truly, truly appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. It is such validation to continue to do this and to continue to share my story and the story of others that I find so inspiring. So if you haven't already, depending on where you listen to your podcast, maybe it's Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, I would love if you could give it a follow, give it a rating, give it a review. That is how we reach and expand this net and this web of wellness-minded community. So wanted to start off just with saying that. I actually had a whole different intro pre-recorded before I launched and I told my person that helps me edit the podcast, I'm going to redo it because I want to share how important connection is, especially when you're putting out something like this, this type of medium. And it really was not something I expected. I am now so motivated and inspired to continue to do this, to put more episodes out because the connection, how it's resonating with people is so special. So again, thank you if you have been listening from our launch two weeks ago. So on today's episode, I am excited to introduce you to Asia Hilario. I connected with Asia actually during the pandemic. We both launched our businesses around the same time. She's from Saipan, but she was living out in the Bay Area, and then now she lives in Los Angeles. And she started as a self-love coach and transitioned into business coaching not too long ago. And I have witnessed her journey from afar. And I was so excited to get her on this podcast and to really hear how she manifested what she has now. And so Asia, as I mentioned, is a business mindset coach. She also has a podcast. So if you listen into her podcast, it's called the Business Baddies Podcast, And she's also the founder of Soft Girl Sanctuary. And what I love about her mission is it really is to empower BIPOC business owners and people who want to start their own businesses really to reach their fullest potential in business, but also just in life. 
her journey from where she started to where she is now is so incredible. I'm so excited for you to hear it today. She went from food stamps to a multi six-figure business, and she's been a full-time coach for the last four years. So as I mentioned, she's an island girl. She was raised in Saipan, and her dad is from the Philippines. And you'll hear in her story today how she was able to shift being from a pretty low place in her life. Asia was named Woman of the Year 2019 by Women on the Rise for her efforts in uplifting her community. And she was also named 10 Empowerment Coaches to Watch in 2021. So in our conversation today, we cover a whole range of things. I'm excited to dive in. It was so fun to get to connect with Asia in this way. And she has just such a magnetic energy that I think you'll all hear in this episode. So we talk about her move from Saipan to the States. We talk about how she took the leap and left her job, went full on into coaching. And a big theme that I listened to and really heard in her story was how to show up with courage, regardless of what's happening in your life. She's made that shift again from being a self-love coach to a business coach with self-love infused every step of the way. And this is a reminder as you listen to this conversation of how doing that inner work, going deeper, wanting to know yourself in a deeper way has that ripple effect and reflects in all areas of your life. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you enjoy getting to know Asia. Let's dive in. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this podcast. I'm actually, it, it's it's cool because I follow you on social media, but it's cool for people to be in, you to be in people's ears now. And I'm all about holistic health and everything that you're doing. So I'm just I'm excited that you're gifting this to the world because it, it truly is such a gift. So thank you. It's such an honor to be on here. No, I, you were definitely one of the people that I thought of first when I was thinking about launching the podcast. And I know that you podcast as well. So you know how it goes with launching anything or doing something new and using your voice in a different way. So it, yeah, it's it's been an amazing couple months putting this all together and I'm excited to share it out with the world shortly and I'm excited to, to share your story with people since you have a very inspiring story and you know I think we've been in the entrepreneurial world for the uh, probably around the same time I think you're in year four going on year five yeah yeah mm -hmm. no so you're I'm, I'm going into year four you're going into year four so I'm going into year four as well when the podcast is launching <gasps> is my four year anniversary so yeah we're on on, on a wow. similar time frame and lots has happened since so uh, I, I wanted yes. to share your story with the Eno wellness community also because you're a fellow island girl as well and doing big things out in the bay area and now in los angeles and so would love to just start it off with hearing a little bit about your days in saipan in the early days i would love to hear about how you grew up, what was that like in, in your early Asia days? You know, I come from a lot of trauma, which we'll probably talk about today. So, you know, as a adult survivor of trauma, we can have like spotty uh, childhood memories. You know, it's, sometimes it's like hard to recollect that. But um, yeah, my mom was born and raised on Saipan. My dad migrated from the Philippines. I think he was like 30 or 31, met my mom, fell in love with her and then had us. And then 
we moved to California because um, my mom wanted to go to college. There was only a two-year college back home at the time, and my mom had just like big dreams and aspirations. So she went to junior college in California, just packed everything and left her life of like a family and everything. All my family's back home. And so early Asia, um, I'm a daughter. I'm the eldest daughter of an immigrant family, which (laughs) I say is trauma in itself. I have no sisters. So naturally I grew up as like the second mom of the house and my parents worked multiple jobs. So I was often the mom. No, I was the mom growing up. I never really had I never really had a true like childhood experience because I had that mom hat and was getting ready, getting my brothers ready for school and everything. And so what that translated into adulthood is like believing I'm responsible for everyone and everyone's feelings and everyone's journeys and things. So we'll talk about that. But that's that's where I was born and raised. And then uh, we moved to America and it was we're so poor like growing up, um, my dad was a pizza boy growing, uh, when we first got to America. So he's delivering pizzas and I was a preteen. So I was like really embarrassed. He would like deliver to my classmates and I was just wanted to be liked and make friends in this like new country. And so it was really tough. I felt like I had a really thick accent. I don't have it now, but I had a really thick accent. So I was I felt very like outcasted growing up and then uh, we were on free lunch. We were on food stamps and everything. So I had a really I I always like to say the the hand of cards that like life dealt me was a really like a crappy hand of cards if you looked at it. But then I did the really deep inner work and just discovered the world of self-help and holistic health and just completely 180 and my whole life and took that hand of cards and just played the hell out of them and now I'm just so beyond what I could even imagine my success or how my life would look like I work three or four days a week um while making more so I cut down my days while making more, which is just the dream, right? Um, I'm my own boss. <laughs> you know, as you're an entrepreneur, you're on, your own boss. I'm actually packing up. I've been selling a lot of my stuff because I'm going to be a digital nomad um, come March when my lease ends. So I'm just get to travel the world and just living my best life. And never in a million years did I think that I could help people because I'm a human I'm a coach now but and podcaster but I'm just I've been a humanitarian and that's how I that's how I got here I could be a humanitarian and live the life that I have and have such a big impact and I never thought that I would be here so it's just when you when you say that uh that intro I'm like that's me and I still get like really excited <laughs> about my story because it's I did a complete 180. Yeah. I think the, the oftentimes when we have that big, you know, shift or change happen, it typically comes from a a darker place, right. Or a lower point in life. And then it takes some spark, something that happens that you're like, I'm going to change my life. Uh, Not everyone 
makes the action happen though. It could just be a thought of like that something needs to change for years. People can do that. So what was that? Like, how old were you? What was happening when you decided things are going to change for me and I'm going to put action into it? This was honestly not that long ago. Um, I just turned 32 in June and my just awakening, I call it a spiritual awakening or just awakening to myself and to life was, uh, I think I was 27 and I hit rock bottom. I just had really unhealthy, I don't like to say toxic anymore, but I really unhealthy relationships, friendships, unhealthy relationship with my job. And to be quite honest, I didn't... I didn't really see that there was a reason to live. I didn't, I was like, what's the, what's the hype of being alive just to pay bills and die? Like I just, I thought I was in such a dark place my whole life up until I started working on doing the inner work, but I literally would look at people who were happy because I wore a mask that I was happy and I was very cheerful and try to make other people's happy, happy and laugh and everything. But I literally would ask myself, like, are people faking it? Because I just don't see how someone can actually be happy in this life. Like, I felt physically and mentally tired. And I remember I had a panic attack uh, one night. I had a severe, like, trust issues and severe anxiety. Um, And I remember I had a panic attack and I was, like, on the floor of my bathroom and I didn't sleep all night. I pulled an all-nighter. I called into work and said I couldn't come in. And I sat there just like bawling and I was just like, okay, I just need to get it together. And this is the turning point of my life. And uh, before I was in a relation, a long relationship and before he'd, he would say, because I would kind of like voice what I was feeling like, what is, why am I even alive? Honestly, um, trigger warning pardon and he was like I think you should talk to someone and I was like I'm talking to you what do you mean like I'm talking to you and he's like no I I think you should like talk to someone maybe get help and I was so offended I was like you think something's wrong with me like what's wrong with you this this, and this and then it finally got to the point on the bathroom floor that I was just like I I am willing to take a chance to try to do things differently to see how different my life can be. And I was like, I'm going to regret not actually trying. So I'm just going to try something differently. And then I called uh, this. I thought therapy worked like that where you could just call and they pick up kind of like 911 and you just call and like, hey, therapist, what's up? No, you have to actually like find one. And so I was calling and the first person that picked up was like, um, I can fit you in in like two weeks and I was like girl honey I need, I need you now. now what do you mean like what do you mean so I was like fine uh whichever person calls me back first I'm just gonna jump on it um she was a cognitive behavioral therapist and I use CBT the CBT approach in my in my practice and in my um my coaching and my podcast and everything and just in my life with my clients. And so I started going to therapy. I started in that time, the two week span where I was waiting to talk to someone, I got a book and it changed my life because in the book, she spoke about feeling like life was dark and life was just, she 
felt the same exact way. And oftentimes when we're suffering and in pain, we isolate and we think that nobody will understand what we're feeling. And so we just kind of were in our cave and it's like, no one, the world does it. It's me against the world. And so I started to, I started to read that book, changed my whole life. I started reading more and more books and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to tell people about these tools. And then with this CBT, with a therapist, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to tell everyone. What is, what are you guys waiting for? The answers are in books. Hello. So no one listened to me, but I was like, you know what? Someone's going to listen to me. Um, so I created a blog and I was writing about my story and just like my life just kept getting brighter and brighter and brighter the more that I was doing the inner work podcast books. And then a few months later, I won the 2019 Woman of the Year Award from that blog. And I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And then after that, my life just spiraled upwards, right? It, uh, I was on Yahoo Finance and my podcast was highly ranked interna internationally. And my life has just been a whirlwind since then. And I, I know in my heart, so to wrap it up, um, I vowed to myself if I can pull myself out of the darkness, I vowed that it, I would make it my life's mission. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I always get emotional telling my story. Um, I vowed to make it my life's mission to help other women and other people just find the light within them and to move towards the light. So that's how I've been here today. I needed this reminder. Sometimes I need like weekly reminders. Yes. What a beautiful story. And you know, that, that darkness and light coming out of it and using it, having a purpose with it, using it to support others is so powerful. Uh, and when you, you know, when you speak about you. inner work, I know a lot of people who are listening, a lot of people in the Eden Wellness community, everyone's on their own journey, own path. I notice when people come to me either for coaching or for a retreat or even something as simple as a yoga class, like everyone's on some path towards self-discovery. They're looking to go deeper. They're looking for tools and resources. So you mentioned a couple, you mentioned obviously therapy being a big piece of your journey, books, podcasts, but when you think about inner work and your own inner work, what has been something that you've discovered that has really changed how you think about sort of that inner work for, for you? Such a great question. Uh, I kind of feel in the beginning of my healing journey, I kind of felt bamboozled because on social media and on uh, movies and stuff, they make this like inner work and healing like butterflies and rainbows and white picket fence and dancing in the field of flowers and then when you're in it you're like who what what is this and it's like dark and mushy right we we see people's butterflies we see butterflies but we don't acknowledge the cocoon phase where it's dark it's mushy you're isolated it doesn't feel good and i think that um learning to expand my capacity to sit in discomfort has been the integral part of my healing journey and i've actually grown a great relationship with discomfort it doesn't feel good pain is pain and it's tough but i just have this inner knowing 
that it'll all be worth it. And I never had that before. And so I intentionally, I forgot what it's called, but I intentionally put myself in discomfort. So for example, no one knew this because uh, I wanted to keep it for myself because I'm so on social media, but I took up piano lessons just secretly. I didn't tell anybody. And uh, I wanted to be humbled. I wanted life to humble me. So when life actually humbles me when I don't expect it, then I'm equipped to coach myself through it. So it's called like, I think it's called intentional discomfort. So I put myself in piano and it was so humbling playing Mary Had a Little Lamb slow over the span of five minutes and just feeling like a beginner. And then my mind is like, you look stupid. No, you don't. Oh my. And it's like that inner chatter and coaching myself through it is what expands my capacity to be in discomfort because I had a teacher and she was watching me struggle and like make mistakes. And I'm someone who is naturally very competitive because I, I had to earn my parents' love growing up via like grades and going above and beyond and being a good girl. Right. So yeah, my, my capacity to be in discomfort and naturally as humans, we are wired to turn away from discomfort. So that's why we run away from it, but we have to like you turn and be like, no, I'm just running through it because the only way through it is through it. Right. Definitely. And being able to practice it. I love that you said that, you know, it, it's yes. prepping you for the real, you know, hard stuff and that's going to happen. You know, things are going to, there's going to be waves. There's going to be seasons. There's going to be years that are hard, different times that it's not all with the butterflies, like you said. So um, awesome. So you mentioned that you're in year four going into this trans transformation of a lifestyle of what you're doing. You're a coach. There's so many things that are different from a few years ago. So what is that what was that change like for you leaving your job before what you were doing and deciding I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to support women in this way. You know, I, a lot of people are, a lot of people see, I mean, it was courageous leaving my job at the same time. You really are a product of the five people you talk to the most because I had two entrepreneur friends who had started at the same time as me and they jumped ship. They left their jobs. And one of them worked at Yahoo. Like it was a huge company and she jumped ship. And I was like, and at first they were joking around because they were like, so when are you going to jump? And I was like, y'all are crazy. Like in this economy, this is because we launched during COVID. I don't know if you launched during COVID. I, I love that for us. They're <laughs> courageous. Um, We just defied the odds. So we launched during COVID and I was like, you guys are crazy. And I was like, wait, are they crazy? Like, and so it was scary. And I will say now that all of the courageous things I've done in my business and in life, like the courage to love again, right? I'm going through a breakup right now, but just the courage, I was proud of myself for opening myself up to love again, um, is you're never going to feel 100% ready. You will never feel, I mean, this is for me personally, and I've done some courageous things. You will never be 100% ready. Just like for you, you've, you're a parent now, and I just love that. Um, you can read all the parenting books. You can watch other people's uh, children. You can babysit. You can do all these things. You can talk to other people, but nothing truly, 
right? Correct me yes. if I'm wrong. Yes. Nothing truly, nothing truly can prepare you 100% for uh, parent uh, parenthood. So with that, you have to actually take the leap. You can't wait till you're 100% because you may be waiting forever. So that's something that I tell myself is I don't need to be, maybe I'll give myself like 80%, but I'm not going to wait to 100 because I'm going to be waiting forever. I actually stopped. I have a lot of affirmations and I used to say I'm a fearless entrepreneur. I'm a fearless entrepreneur. Now I don't say that because I do have fear. I had fear before I hopped onto this <laughs> podcasting episode and I just recorded one before this also with a different guest and uh, I'm a courageous entrepreneur because fear is or courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is moving through despite the fear. That's one of my favorite quotes. I forgot who said it, but I love yeah. That. And and um, courage is a muscle, so you can build that courage. I was never this courageous before. I didn't even want to like read a book because I was scared of what I would find out about myself. I love it. You know, when you think about the start before you're ready, that's come up actually in a number of different conversations I've had so far. It seems to be a theme of, of people that do courageous things is they start before they're ready. And there's almost that when you take a leap, you feel that fear in the air, like when you're in mid you know, air, it's that feeling. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, that's something that they have to experience, especially in the early days too. Uh, so I know when you became a coach, and I've been following your journey as well since the beginning, right? You started in in as a self love coach. That was really your yes. your start. So for you, you know, self love could mean different things to different people. For you, why was self love sort of that aha? Like this is what I'm going to focus on. This is going to be my my initial program at, at the launch. Yeah. So great question. <clears throat> So I launched, I initially launched, I don't know if you saw it because I pivoted very fast. I launched as a general life coach, whatever people needed help with. And then I started hopping on consultation calls and everyone needed help with self-love. So I was like, okay, let me do self-love. And what I had learned in my own healing journey and just helping others, guiding them to more healing is uh, self-love is at the core of everything. Self-love is at the core of your business, right? As you know, there's a, when you date someone and you're in, your, in a romantic relationship, there's a mirror. It, every flaw, not flaw, every inner child wound uh, gets mirrored back to you. And then when you have kids and then when you start a business, I think those are the three main biggest mirrors that life holds up to you is kids, romantic relationships and a business. And so when I pivoted from a self-love coach to now a business coach, um, I was actually feeling really sad because I was like, oh, my gosh, I really love self-love coaching. But what I realized is like there's self-love in business. So I actually just transferred everything and then just sprinkled like marketing and um, like strategy. In, but like just like my podcast, it's like purely inner child wounds and healing and self-love because self-love uh, – Will Smith did this interview with Oprah. I saw that one. And the quote that he – oh, you did? He said um, – I don't know if this was in his book or in that, that uh, interview, but I just – I love Will Smith and his book. 
He said his firm belief is that humans were put on this earth to love and be loved. That's it. That's it. And I was like, that is so beautiful because that is true. And I think self-love, well, self-love brought me from a really dark place. And the cool thing about self-love is uh, no one can take that from you. Absolutely. And so I think that's really beautiful. When you think about, I love how you said how self-love is part of business. It's part of everything. It's, it's at the core, right? The real, real like foundations of, of love, like you said. So I know that you're in the process of making a big shift right now, not big shift, but like you said, self-love is in the mix, a shift from self-love is your focus to self-love plus business and mindset coaching. And so, you know, I know that as a coach, every client I have, every group coach program I have, every time I run my program, something changes in the next round, right? I learn something, I'm inspired by something. Um, so it keeps evolving and changing and changing and changing. So for you, as you were bringing these groups through your self-love program and sort of starting to be like, I want to make this shift into business. Like what was that experience like? Like, were you, I guess, were you attracting people who were wanting to start a business? Did it happen kind of organically or was there something that made you, made you say, I think it's time to evolve into this new, new chapter? Yeah. So it's actually funny. I completely pivoted already in the summer. So like, uh, six months ago, scariest pivot ever, because as a self-love coach, that's all I knew. And that was, it was my baby. And it was also in terms of safety, it was my form of income, right? So like removing that kind of shocked me and gave me, um, a bit of, not a bit, a lot of anxiety. Um, the way that I became a business coach, which I love answering this question is through my self-love program. And I've had like 250 women go through my self-love program. Through the self-love program, they were birthing businesses. And these are women who didn't even think to be a business owner at all. But then when you start to believe in yourself and love yourself and believe in your dreams and build your courage, you actually go after your dreams. So what was happening was the graduates from the self-love program birthed business businesses and they were like, hey, when they graduated, because it was a six-month program, when they graduated, they were like, hey, can you help me with my business? I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, I've been in business for so-and-so. And so I um, started coaching them on it and I loved it. I loved it so much. And it Self-love coaching lit me up, but business coaching lit me up so much. It's kind of like when you evolved the things that that's, you still like but don't light you up as much. Um, it also comes with grieving, but yeah, it just lit me up so much. And then I got so many I, – I wasn't promoting it at all. I was like, no, I'm scared. Um, but then – it was a domino effect because so many people kept asking me, Hey, can, how can you do this in your business? How can I do that? So then God universe, whoever you believe in is funny because I shifted to a business coach. I got more business clients than self-love clients. So it just pivoted naturally. And then I started getting opportunities to speak in front of organizations and company, big companies as a business coach. And I wasn't even, my website didn't say business coach, nothing. So I was like, 
being nudged over and over again, but I was afraid. So I finally took the plunge last summer, which is six months ago, and I've been so happy since. And I just, it's, I just love being a business owner and it has its ups and downs, as you know. But um, specifically, I work with healers, like Reiki practitioners, yoga teachers, other coaches. So I'm helping the world become a better place because I'm empowering these healers of the world so that they can show up and heal more people. So I, like I said, I'm a humanitarian at heart. And it's not to say that other businesses aren't helping the world go around, but specifically in a healing modality, I I feel very like aligned to that because that was my mission when I started my business. And so I feel like I'm continuing my mission, but it, it's a different flavor now. Yeah. And the world needs more light workers, right? More people that are bringing yes. light and healing to people. And oftentimes, you know, practitioners have their zone of genius, but the business side is a little bit more challenging, right? Maybe it doesn't come as natural natural to people. So I love that you're supporting that business side so that people can find you know, these amazing healers and practitioners and people who are doing amazing wellness work too. So I know that you uh, talk about your program as 90% mindset, 10% strategy. And I love the mindset piece because even in my own entrepreneurial journey, the strategy is icing on the cake, but really having the mindset work, that's what's going to change and transform your business, your life. So tell me a little bit about the mindset work that you do with your clients and what pieces of it you find to be so impactful. I just I just love what I do. The fact that I wake up and love what I do is my biggest flex. Um I use the same healing practices that I've healed myself with my business clients. Um, You know, it got to the point, I paid attention to what people were coming to me for. So people were asking like, I want to show up on social media. I want to share my gifts. I want to tell the world about like my medicine and how I heal, but I'm afraid to be seen. And so what I did was I used CBT the CBT approach that I've learned from that first therapist years ago. And then also with, it's called psychodynamic coaching. It's like a branch of psychodynamic therapy where you find patterns in childhood that connects to how you operate as an adult. Because as you know, we are 95% in autopilot. 95% of what we think act, feel, all of that is already pre-programmed, which is kind of scary to think about, but cool that you get to change that. And so I do the really, really deep inner work of digging into their past history and their trauma and then um, inner child work. So we, we speak to their inner children and go back to those memories and, and process them and, and create different stories And then boom, they show up way differently in their business. And honestly, like, I mean, I haven't ran into too many coaches that do that on a business level, like specifically business coaches. And so I really think that the work that I'm doing is revolutionary because I can just, I can just assign my business client to post three times a week, 
But if they're mortified and they just are people pleasing and do it just because I said so, that's not going to create everlasting change. And that's not going to create like intrinsic motivation for them to post when I don't, when I'm not there. My job as a coach is to have you not have you be dependent on me. That's like me acting in an integrity, right? I don't want you to be dependent. I want you to leave the nest flying on your own um, when you're ready, right? So by digging into the root of why they're afraid, um, because it's very sneaky, right? We have these sneaky excuses. I don't know what to post. I don't know which font to use. I don't know which picture to use. But in reality, it's just you're stalling showing up and showing like yourself online. So I get to the root of that. So usually during my calls, it's like a water fest. It's like, like my clients are just bawling. I'm bawling because I'm so emotional. I'm like, I'm crying with them. And so it's, it's pretty much like, it's very therapeutic. And as you know, self-love is connected to your business. Um, And it's cool because when we get down to the root of it, they that inner child that's healing is that they can apply that healing to their business, their partner, their friendships, their relationships with their parents. And then it's just a domino effect. So it's just I've never felt so fulfilled in my life. And it, it it's more fulfilling to me than um, telling them what like what hashtags to use or how to operate Canva right? It's like, let's talk about trauma. <laughs> like, let's dive in. Let's dive deep. Is there... I'm it's generational if, healing. Absolutely. I'm curious if you notice, especially with the inner child work, if you notice any themes in your clients, like things that come up just generally of like, oh, wow, I noticed that a big thing that impacts people down the road is, yeah, their relationship how their parents talk to them, for example, or how, um, yeah, yeah what, what were the expectations? Is, do you notice with your clients, since you do work with kind of a specific group, like, is there is there a theme that you're like, whoa, that does have an impact down the road? Yeah, it's 100%. Majority is their relationship with their parents growing up and also like fitting in. So naturally, all my clients are women of color and daughters of immigrants. And we have the same like recurring uh, inner child wounds of like not fitting in and feeling othered and not and imposter syndrome and stuff that stems from being a woman of color, of uh, being a daughter of immigrants, being having that that worthiness piece of having to perform for love and earn their parents' love. So yes, like I would say the biggest inner child wound is um being seen, which is tied to vulnerability, which is tied to shame. So like shame is the biggest thing that we work on. And shame is a beast. Shame is as, as women, we were programmed from so many different, uh, so many different corners, societal, cultural, religious, patriarchal, all of these like outer sources that just condition us with shame. It's like ridding that shame. And when you see a woman who processes her shame and is vulnerable, that's a revolution because there's so many forces that clothe us in shame and she naturally, just, I mean, not naturally, she 
did the work to rid herself of the shame. And so anytime I see a woman being unapologetic, taking up space, being courageous, I'm like, yes. Like even uh, I went to the store and this woman had like purple hair. And I was like, girl, I love that courage because like you have purple hair. You said I'm I don't care what other people think. I'm going to rock this purple hair. And that's courageous. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even think about that. And I was like. Yeah, anytime someone does something that's like against the grain, I'm like, you go, girl, because I I came I'm not supposed to technically with the cards that I was dealt in life, I technically wasn't supposed to be successful. Came from poverty. Uh I have CPTSD, I had severe anxiety, depression, all of these things. I'm a college dropout. So technically, if you look at me on paper, I'm not supposed, the math ain't math in. I'm not supposed to be successful, right? But um, yeah, I, pardon, I went on this tangent, but women, women being unapologetic is just a whole vibe because our, most of our mothers couldn't be unapologetic and they're mother's mothers. And so, like I said, it's a revolution and I love it. And that's why I only work with women. <laughs> I love I love how yeah the courage theme comes up for you in so many ways right and even you know I you know on social yeah. media I love how vulnerable you show up and you share when you're going through stuff when you're going through a breakup when you're moving whatever it might be like you share that and bring your community along for that ride and I'm sure a lot of people really resonate with that right like everyone can resonate with heartbreak or have you know being doing something new being scared right so um you know that 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 piece definitely resonates with me personally as well um you know i know that you, you. mentioned on your on your sort of your wheelhouse that self sabotage is something that you work on and i love how on your website you're like procrastination is self sabotage right it is being procrastinating is a form of that Self-sabotage comes up a lot with a lot of my clients as well. I think just generally in a, even a coaching experience, it can be hard to let go of your old self and make room for the new self. There's like that fear and self-sabotage behaviors and patterns that come up. So tell me a little bit about self-sabotage, like how you how that became a piece of what you do and how you support your clients with that. Yeah. So it's funny that you say that I support my clients so much in that and myself in this because everyone self-sabotages. Um, I'm actually coming out with a course. Oh, nice. <laughs> I don't know awesome. when this, yeah, I don't know when this episode is coming out, but it's actually coming out uh, at the end of January and beginning of February. So there's Perfect. a two week window. Uh, I'm just going to slide that in because I gathered my best tools on self-sabotage because I still we all self-sabotage. It's just how we self-sabotage. So catching the patterns of what we do say and how we think ourselves out of doing something. So what I've found is it's so it's so ironic because we crave success and like feeling accomplished and content, but we can be we can be fearful of success. Um and I also go into this in, in my course, but uh, we have this, I call it, or people call it internal thermostat. And it's like a ceiling that we put over our success that we don't, we don't put, like if we push against it, we cannot go above that ceiling unless we like work on our self-sabotage. Um, so we 
we either plateau in our business or we like go back to like old habits. And it's called, have you uh, read The Big Leap? No, I've heard of it though. Okay. It's called The Upper Limit Limit Problem. So I I said this on this last interview before this is um, we cannot call in. We will not allow what we don't feel we deserve. So if we don't feel like we're deserving of success or a healthy relationship or whatever goals you're going after, sabotage will be very, very sneaky. So what I do with my clients, I have a whole framework and this is the same framework in in the course. So funny that you even asked about this. This is perfect timing because it's the first time I'm actually offering it. Um, But there's a framework of finding the root cause and then working with that and then creating a plan to combat it because we oftentimes don't know what the root cause is. Like, you know, when you're like repeating something, you're like, why? Oh my gosh, why do I know better? And it's bridging the gap between knowing better and doing better because we know what we should do, right? We know what we want to do and what, how to get to success in whatever goals we have. But it's like, how do I get myself to do that? How do I bridge that gap? And it's digging into the fears and digging into the roots. So everybody has a different root because everybody has different stories. And it's through the process of CBT and psychodynamic coaching is like looking at your subconscious patterns from childhood. It's almost everything is tied to childhood. And then whatever happened to in adulthood just amplified those experience in childhood. So I'm sure, you know, because you're nodding like, yeah, (laughs) that's exactly it. Yeah. So, you know, if someone wanted to, let's say they're not able to work with a coach, right, or they're not able to get therapy and they just want to start exploring inner child work, start exploring those patterns, what would you recommend to someone to just like scratch the surface, right, and get started? Is there like a resource or a tool that you recommend? Yeah. So. There's this book. I've I've read so many books on trauma. I just love it. And there's this book called uh, What Happened to You? And it's by Oprah. Have you heard of the book? I have heard of the book. Okay, yeah. I'll link link it for everyone in the show notes. Yeah. So it's called What Happened to You? And instead of like asking what's wrong with me, it's like asking what happened to you Um, and what created that subconscious programming. So she co-wrote it with a scientist. I think he was a psychologist. Um, I will say before you dive in that it can trigger old painful memories. So even in the beginning, she says, hey, if this is too triggering for you, you can put down the book and pick it up when you're ready. Um, But also know that whatever emotions come up, they're on their way out. So whatever, if I'm crying, if I need to cry, I don't push it down anymore. I like just let it pass because it also gets heavy if you just push it down. So I actually opened that book when I was going through a different breakup and I was like, oh yeah, no, no, not right now. Um, And so I picked it back up after, after some of the grieving and then I read it and it just breaks down the science of it. And then Oprah shares her story And I love storytelling myself and just reading other stories because I actually rather hear your story than like scientific proven stuff. Um, 
even though I'm a science girly. So that's where someone can start. Um, if it's too heavy for you, uh, there's another book. It's called How to Do the Work. Have you heard of her? She's the holistic yeah. psychologist. Oh, she's no, huge on social media. Work? How to do the work? How to do the work? And she puts it in elementary terms, like trauma in elementary terms. So it's like very easy to read. So I would start there if the Oprah book is too heavy for you um, in terms of emotional. That one is emotional also because it's all trauma work. But I would say that's that's where I would start. Those are my two top books on trauma. Love it. We're getting all sorts of book recs today. I will add them <laughs> in the show notes for sure. So, you know, as a coach myself, I always think about, you know, in order to hold space for people and in order to hold more space and continue to expand, I love to get coaches, get mentors, join programs, you know, like take care of my, my own development and and healing as well. So for you, what are you doing these days to take care of you and to make sure that you're filling your own cup before you hold space for others? Oh man, that is so, so important as a healer and as a coach. I'm very, very grateful that my entire circle are coaches. <laughs> and then my best friend is uh, going to school to be a therapist. So I have, I'm very, very um, blessed to have a circle that holds me accountable, that holds space for me, that is able to shine light on my blind spots with my permission. Um, and like, they'll literally ask me, they'll be like, oh, I, I spotted something. Do you have the capacity to receive it? And sometimes when I'm like, mm, no, maybe later. So I'll like tell them later or I'll be like, okay, I have the capacity um, I would say that I'm, I love what I do. I just love my work and it's really hard to pry myself from my work. So I make it, I make it a practice to make sure that I'm doing something that doesn't generate income or doesn't support my business at all. Like I find joy in helping others, but like something that absolutely has like does not, I don't gain anything like piano. Piano. I, don't I was just thinking, I was like, you're piano that, like, Yeah, yeah. Like um, coloring. I like to color. I want to get back into sewing. I used to just make so much time for like making my own outfits and stuff and I like crafts. And so... I also really like to host and I like games. I'm like very competitive. I grew up in a competitive household uh, when it was healthy competitive. And so I love hosting like game nights and just I love arts and crafts. So anything that I don't that doesn't support my business, I try to do on a regular basis. And I also love my newfound lo love of weightlifting, like growing muscle, not just going to the gym like I'm like. I have a goal of a percentage of like muscle mass and I never, I'm such a girly girl, but it's so funny. Cause I just love, I just love bodybuilding. It's so crazy. It's just a new thing that I like to do and it doesn't grow my business at all. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what are you manifesting for 2024? 
when you think about what you want, what comes next, what is the dream on the horizon? What comes up for you? I love this question. I My ultimate dream, and I'm just looking back at like my childhood where I used to write staple. I used to – actually, did we have – I don't think we had money for staples. Yeah, we didn't. We were so poor. Uh, just making uh, books, like makeshift books. And I used to write books and do the illustration and read it to my cousins. And my ultimate, ultimate dream is to write a book. And even when I went to college – my English teacher, I wrote a creative essay and he was like, would you ever consider like being an English teacher or like a writer? And I was like, no, I'm in school to be a doctor and that doesn't make that much money because my parents were like, doctor, nothing else. My dad's Filipino and that's like, either you're a nurse, you're a doctor or like something in the medical field because it's safe. So I was like, no, that's not something. And lo and behold, like 12 years later, I'm prepping to write a book. Um, so I actually have a Google file of possible chapters, so I'm on my way, but I even have this uh, frame that I'm going to put my uh, New York best-selling like, thing in there because that's my ultimate dream is to be like an article, to be a New York bestseller. So what I'm doing in my business right now is trying to create a space so that I can write and not be so busy. Um, so that's my goal. And I'm hoping not just to finish the book this year, but just to get more, get more done in terms of the book. And then my podcast just relaunched is relaunching next week. And so getting back to podcasting and sharing my story. So I would say podcasting is my main focus this year and my book. I'm excited for that book. So definitely <laughs> tell me when that's coming out. I can't wait to follow your journey and hear and have you share your story, which is so inspiring. And the work that you're doing is, is impactful. So, um, you. you know, as I read your bio at the start, like I hope you're feeling that like a nice reminder of like, keep going, right. It's impacting a lot of people as well. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of, you know, these days, one of the questions I ask at the end of every podcast is what is lighting you up these days? I was thinking about this because I have such a, I have such a bright world and reality right now that I've created, co-created. Um, I, watching my parents heal themselves holistically. So I had this savior complex where I felt like I was responsible for everyone. And I, I tied my worth to being of service to others, um, which I feel like a lot of women have, right. And daughters of immigrants and eldest daughters. Um, but I kept trying to lead the horse. I led the horse to water and I kept trying to push the head to drink. And, uh, in terms of my parents, I kept trying to get them to eat healthier, to exercise, to do all these things because as an Islander, and as a Filipino, heart disease is rampant, right? So I really try to get them to heal holistically, not just their bodies, but their minds and their relationship and everything. And I just grew tired because I placed my responsibility over their healing journey. Naturally, they watched my healing journey and were inspired and I didn't even have to force them anymore 
So they go to therapy now together, which is I didn't even think for the I didn't even think for the longest I would ever see my parents go to therapy. Um my mom is into like crystals like me. Um they're eating more plants. I think they got rid of rice, which getting rid of rice, like white rice as an That's islander. Big. Is like getting rid of a whole identity. I had to let go of white rice um, years ago because there's just so much sugar. But just watching them, that's that's what's been lighting me up is like my mom asked me because I have Amazon Prime to order her an anger, an adult anger coloring workbook or uh, coloring book. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she's processing her anger because I told her about mine and she wants one to process her anger and like what a revolution so it's just a reminder that i don't even have to tell people to heal my healing journey can act as a catalyst to inspire them to start on theirs and i did not think that i would ever see this in this lifetime <laughs> my mom processing anger i've never even seen her cry let alone she's processing anger that's wild Wow, that's beautiful to see <laughs> just by watching your journey. They're like, give me that coloring book. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Amazing. So for people that want to work with you, they want to work with you. They want to listen to your podcast. Like where, where do you hang out? Where can people find you? I am the most active on Instagram. I love Instagram. So it's asia.hilario. Uh, and I'm sure you'll link it in the show notes. And then my podcast is the Business Baddies podcast. And then I'm also launching that um, self-sabotage course in the end of January and early February. And then if you're looking for a business coach, uh, I do one-on-one -on -one private coaching. And then I have a group cohort that'll – I have it running right now, but I'll probably relaunch a new one in June, this summer of 2024, and it's called um, the Brand Building Baddies program. And so it's just building a brand online so that you can call in aligned clients that um, that are hell yes to working with you. Like I'm not, my whole approach is like, I don't cold DM. I don't send, I'm not in everyone's inbox. That's just not, I, I know that that works for other people, but I like to be magnetic. I like to call people in just by my energy. And so that's actually my approach to coaching and, and business. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, that's how <laughs> you can follow me. Amazing. Well, it was so nice to reconnect with you. I know that we had connected like er in our early business days, but it's so great to to have you on the on the podcast and just having you share this story with the Ina community. I know they'll be super inspired. So thanks so much for making time. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, please rate and review and don't forget to subscribe. Learn more at enowellnesscollective.com and connect with us on Instagram at enowellnesscollective.